The Navy held a christening on Tuesday for a Made in Taiwan landing platform dock, or an LPD. This ship, named the ROCN Yushan, can be used to transport troops and equipment during wartime. In peacetime, it can serve as a field hospital and carry out sea rescue missions. The Navy has added a new vessel to its fleet. It's an indigenous LPD christened Yushan at a ceremony on Tuesday. President Tsai Ing-wen sent the ship off to sea. This new landing platform dock, besides being the Navy's first 10,000-ton LPD, is also designed and built to meet the needs of national defense and combat training. It can be said to be another important milestone in Taiwan's indigenous defense program. The ROCN Yushan cost 4.6 billion NT to build and is equipped with stealth technology. It's 153 meters long with displacement of 10,000 tons and a range of 7,000 nautical miles. The ship is armed with the newest anti-aircraft missiles and Skysword 2 radar-guided missiles. It can transport amphibious assault ships, AAV-7 amphibious assault vehicles, heavy vehicles and Hummer cars, among others. Its deck is big enough to accommodate two helicopters. In wartime, it will bolster Taiwan's amphibious warfare capabilities. In peace, the vessel can be sent on humanitarian missions, such as disaster relief. In the Navy's history, there have been other vessels named Yushan. This new LPD is being given this name to continue the legacy, to show that the spirit of the ROC military does not fear challenges, that it's able to overcome 10,000 difficulties. I trust that as long as we all stay united, we can get over any hardship. Tsai reiterated her commitment to indigenous defense and called for national unity. Just two weeks after the start of the Taiwan Palau travel bubble, tourist demand has dropped sharply. China Airlines says only two people have booked its Wednesday flight to Palau and another two people have booked its flight to Palau on April 17th. The carrier has decided to send out its Wednesday flight without passengers and to cancel its flight on April 17th altogether. According to one travel agency, the problem with the bubble is on the Taiwan side. Travelers returning home have to complete five days of one form of self-health management before undergoing another nine days of more relaxed restrictions. The travel agency says the requirements are still too stringent for most people. The Central Epidemic Command Center has responded, saying it will consider adjusting the rules. One change being considered is eliminating the five days of enhanced self-health management. Cardboard bar boxes are getting more expensive as the global price of paper slurry shoots up. The price of a box went up by 2 to 3 um, NT dollars in March, and it's expected to jump by another 20% this month. But even with higher prices, the market demand is greater than ever. Farmers say they can't get the boxes they need to ship out their harvest. Sheet after sheet of cardboard falls from the cutter. These pieces are used to make cardboard boxes, which are now in high demand all over Taiwan. If there isn't any cardboard, we can't work at all. With the world economy recovering from the pandemic, paper slurry prices have soared by up to 55 percent. In response, Taiwan firms have raised the price of cardboard boxes by up to 3 NT. But even with the higher price, demand is as high as ever, driven by commercial activities like fruit shipping and online shopping. 
One cardboard box maker says she's strapped for supplies and has never seen anything like this in 20 years. We used to be able to get our supplies in five business days. We still might not receive them after 14 business days. It has become a real headache for us. The mad grab for boxes is set to get worse. Cardboard box makers are mulling racing prices again in April by 15 to 20 percent. That would mean an increase of 6 to 7 NT per box. Prices could go up again in May. Farmers say that spells trouble for business. Taiwan imports most of its paper slurry, and farmers can't do without boxes. In Jai, many farmers now have to wait three months before receiving their orders. Fruit can't sit around that long, they say. The Council of Agriculture should convene an interministerial committee to coordinate with paper companies. Perhaps they could print cardboard boxes with standardized designs that all farmers can use for agricultural products. A lawmaker suggested that the COA commission standardized boxes for agricultural products. But some farmers say the boxes would hurt their branding and that branding makes a big difference in fruit prices. Some customers recognize your label. If this cardboard box is just a plain, unbranded box, that makes a huge difference for the brand image and for the price. In response to the box shortage, the Labor Ministry relaxed work restrictions for the paper industry at the end of March. To allow greater production, the papers, lorry and paper product sectors are no longer subject to standard caps on working hours. Taiwan may soon let non-priority groups get COVID vaccines if they pay out of pocket. Officials say that due to low vaccination rates, they could soon widen eligibility to more priority groups as well as to people not on the priority list. Uh, the plan for a so-called self-paid vaccine has sparked objections from health care providers. In general, the self-paid market is operated by manufacturers. You don't often see the government getting into it. Because when the government gets involved, the problem that comes up is the COVID vaccines were paid for by the people. Putting those same vaccines into the self-paid market would be controversial both practically and legally. Doing so would be completely unreasonable because all those vaccines were purchased with taxpayer dollars. If you take those vaccines and ask the people to pay out of pocket to receive them, you'd be charging them twice for one thing. In response, the CCC said it was considering self-paid vaccines because the need for vaccines exists outside of the current priority groups. Officials said only a limited number of vaccines will be made available to the public. Pricing has not yet been determined and will be announced as early as next Wednesday. A new discovery shows promise for slowing coronary artery disease. Taiwan and U.S. researchers found that by inhibiting a chemical medication in mRNA, which stands for messenger ribonucleic acid, they can reduce the buildup of fatty deposits in the blood vessels of mice. Formosa News reporter Stephanie Yang has the story. Obesity, an unhealthy diet, and aging are some of the main risk factors of coronary artery disease. These factors contribute to the accumulation of fatty deposits in major blood vessels that supply the heart, reducing blood flow and potentially causing sudden cardiac arrest. In a new study, research teams in Taiwan and the U.S. have discovered that inhibiting a chemical modification in mRNA may help reduce the accumulation of fatty deposits in blood vessels and help prevent coronary artery disease. Found uh, important or 
vitro molecule called metal 3 it can inhibit RNA methylation. Moreover, uh, this methylation can regulate uh, atherosclerosis formation, we call atherogenesis. So I think this uh, research are, are very, very important to claim. RNA modification can regulate or uh, impair the, informa uh, the formation of the atherosclerosis. Researchers at Taipei Veterans General Hospital, National Yangming Jiao Tong University, and the University of California, San Diego, spent five years on their study. They used gene therapy to inhibit mRNA methylation in mice and were able to decrease the inflammation of coronary arteries and fatty deposits accumulation by 50%. If we discover mRNA methylation, we can target this chemical modification with gene therapy and achieve a very good therapeutic effect. We're able to significantly reduce the original plaque buildup. This is what's called precision treatment. In this precision therapy, we first find patients who present more severe methylation. We then are able to target this to provide further treatment. Of course, human trials are needed, so we'll be conducting those going forward. Coronary artery disease was responsible for 27.5% of all deaths in Taiwan in 2019. It's ranked the second highest cause of death following cancer at 28.6%. Researchers believe their findings can help advance the development of new medicines and provide doctors tools to prevent coronary artery disease early on. For most news, Stephanie Yang, Li Qi in Taipei. Taiwan is getting its first commercial shuttle service operated by a driverless bus. It will be in Xinzhu, taking passengers from Zhubei City to the local high-speed rail station, first for free, then for a fee. The shuttle, which was developed by the Industrial Technology Research Institute, rolled out for riderless pilot testing on Monday. It's Taiwan's first automated vehicle to be tested in a complex traffic environment. There's a person in the driver's seat, but he's not lifting a finger. The wheel moves all on its own as the bus moves forward, turns left and turns right, running smooth even while negotiating light traffic. When meeting a pedestrian at a crosswalk or a turning car, the bus comes to a stop automatically. It can even overtake slower vehicles. The driverless vehicle, which was developed by eTree, rolled out last September for a small-scale test at Xinju's Nanyao Harbor. On Monday morning, officials launched another round of tests in a ceremony at County Hall. The driverless vehicle is now Taiwan's first to be tested on mixed-use urban roads. Road sensors are used to detect lateral traffic flow to prevent danger that could arise from blind spots in the driverless car or the inability to see all moving traffic. Taiwan has a lot of scooters. This is very rare in developed countries. The artificial intelligence models that we develop in Taiwan will have a considerable advantage in countries with more complex traffic, particularly Southeast Asian countries, countries that have more scooters on the streets. E-Tree's driverless bus is equipped with smart anti-collision technology. It's connected to smart bus shelters so that bus frequency can be adjusted based on real-time passenger data. It's also Taiwan's first to be tested in a complex traffic environment. Previously, driverless vehicles have only been tested on suburban streets or downtown in dedicated bus lanes. This latest test will put the bus to work on urban roads used by scooters and cars. The test will fine-tune the vehicle's ability to process pedestrian, vehicle and street data that more accurately reflects Taiwan's complex traffic. 
In the first stage, the bus will simply be tested and put through its paces. In the second stage, it will open to passengers who can ride for free. Then, in the third stage, we want to incorporate the shuttle bus into Jubei's intercity bus system. If the bus passes its driving test on Jinju's busy streets, it will become Taiwan's first commercial shuttle bus, marking a milestone in the integration of smart transport into commercial public transport. A dishwashing company in Taichung is going from strength to strength thanks to the water crisis. The company produces water-conserving and water-recycling industrial dishwashing facilities. They also provide a dishwashing service for local businesses, and as water restrictions cause headaches for some companies, they're welcoming increased orders. The truck is packed with boxes and boxes of dirty dishes. They are first soaked to get rid of oil and grime, then laid flat to enter the grand dish bathhouse. This 20 million NT machine comprises a series of stages, a high-pressure water jet, rinsing, disinfection with 90-degree water, then drying to produce these sparkling utensils. This dishwashing company in Taichung designs and produces water-conserving dishwashing facilities like this one. They also run a dishwashing service, which, since the advent of water restrictions two days a week, has only seen its profits grow. Our dishwashing service has actually seen orders increase greatly, about 20 percent. Traditional hand-washing of dishes can complete 12 dishes a minute on average, but these machines can get through 180 pieces a minute. Its water-conserving and water-recycling design also means the business needn't worry about the two days of water restrictions. Here at our factory in Taichung, on average we do about 20,000 to 3,000 dishes a day. We can do a maximum of 50,000. The water shortage crisis is an opportunity for new and more sustainable business models to flourish. These dish Washing experts know the value of every single drop. The countdown to Tokyo Olympics has reached 100 days. So far, 31 Taiwanese athletes have qualified to compete. President Tsai Ing-wen stopped by the National Sports Training Center in Kaohsiung on Tuesday to cheer on Taiwan team. On behalf of the government, I want to thank all of you hardworking athletes and coaches. Thank you for inspiring the Taiwanese people with your indomitable fighting spirit. It's not easy competing internationally under the pull of the pandemic, but you will be rewarded with the sweet fruits of your labor. I will support all of you to the end. I believe that all the Taiwanese people will be cheering you on, giving you all a big thumbs up. I'm feeling good about the coming Olympics, the best I've ever felt. I hope that we can bring more glory to Taiwan at the Olympics on the international stage. This has been an exceptionally difficult year for athletes because there's been no way to do what we did before, that is, to go out there and compete and stay in good physical condition. But I know that all of you bound for Tokyo are doing your very best to prepare. President Tsai posed for a group photo with Team Taiwan and its coaches. She also met some of the athletes who have qualified to compete in Tokyo. So far, Taiwan has earned the right to compete in nine sports, including archery, track and field, swimming and gymnastics. Let's head now to an innovative sashimi restaurant in New Taipei. Chef Luo Changyou makes sure all his donburi rice bowls are miniature works of art. 
The colorful confluence of many types of fish and seafood will whet the appetite of any customer. Red, pink, and orange sashimi bowls. It could be an art exhibition. Textures are paired like colors on a palette the soft swordfish with the oily salmon, and the fruity Argentine red shrimp. In this bowl alone, there are nine types of seafood. Sashimi is sliced against the grain to cut the fibers equally. The flatfish scales are lightly torched for a melted fatty glaze. Taiwan Taiwan has Jilong Harbor. We rely on the freshness of the fish from the harbor. I get up at 1.30 a.m. to go and choose the delivery, get home around 3, and go out to prepare around 8. This bowl is layered with four kinds of sashimi, dried scallop, sea urchin, and shrimp roe. It's pretty as a picture. I often look for inspiration to photos from chefs overseas, Dunbury made abroad. They often use very exaggerated garnishes. This Chirashi sushi bowl is bursting with flavor and color. Three or four sashimi fish, plush shrimp roe, crab meat, and chrysanthemum petals, even wasabi piped into a flower. I wanted to start my own business ever since I became a chef. I thought it would give my family a better life. This showstopper is a firefly squid. These culinary delights come from the heart of a chef with an artistic eye. <laughs>